Hey everyone, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today. We truly appreciate it more than you know. Um, and we want you to know that this podcast is actually based off of our YouTube channel, Two Dimes and a Token. So when you have an opportunity, please go hit that subscribe button and like everything you can. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So whenever you have a chance, by all means, go in there, follow, hit that follow, hit that like button. We want to be able to bring you as many different stories from as many different people as possible. And the three of us are absolutely excited to be able to do it. So again, thank you so much and please enjoy. Two dams and a token. You may well see. But either way, either way. So, um, now you've you've now what made you decide to leave the company we were working at together so i was telling key this a little bit earlier um i was there for about two years my wife was pregnant i love how he said key dude people have been calling him that for years it's amazing how you just 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 (laughs) right up on i'm with it i'm with it that's what you introduced me to him as like oh that's good my bad it's all right nevertheless i like it so especially coming from batman yes go ahead go ahead go ahead so wife was pregnant. We we're getting ready to have our have Paisley, our first daughter. And, you know, stresses of the job and, and you know, we were kind of worn down at that point. She was obviously nine months pregnant and tired. And, you know, we were having a conversation one day about, you know, what does it look like when we have the baby, long work hours, you know, spending time, you know, that kind of stuff. And I told her kind of off the cuff, kind of half, you know, half serious. I was like, well, if it becomes a problem, I'll just quit. Right. Like family comes first like i'm not gonna pick a job over family now this is but to put in perspective though this is a job that once you get to a certain point like i know they promise you know you can make million blah 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 but but at the same time the climb to a six-figure position sure i I mean mean, honestly at that point i was probably making 50 or 60 grand yeah which is not you know i was a i was a brand new Oh, uh, okay, okay. Position no, no, no. I had just gotten a promotion, you know, was But was at the new. time in that in that current year when you're you talking, were you're talking 10, 11 years ago? Yeah, so that was good money back then. I'm yeah, that was, that was actually decent because I was surviving off 30. So he was cuz when, right, when so, I was when I was coming out it was like 35 to 36 was a starting. Right. When you came out that was 2 years before that. It was what 29 to 31? Yeah. yeah. So you had doubled in yep. a matter of two and a half years. So it was enough of a it was enough of an impact to to be a, a serious conversation, right? Yeah. Like that's nothing to sneeze at. So I said that to her. I said, you know, if it comes down to it, like I'll just I'll just quit. I'll figure something else out. That's a bold statement, bro. Especially for family. I give you a lot of testimony. Well, and, I, and honestly, I I wasn't entirely serious about it. Like I was just like, you know, we'll see, we'll figure it out when we get there, kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? So we go down the road nine months, you know, the baby's born nine months down the road. You know, we've got periods of time where I'm leaving the house before she's awake. I'm coming home after she's already in bed. So like, I'm not seeing her for, for periods of time. So I came home one day, it was about nine months after she was born. I came home one day and I went to pick her up and she started screaming and flailing and was like, don't touch me. Cause she didn't know who I was. She didn't know who I was. So I looked at my wife and I said, that's it. I said, I said, we're, we're done. If that happens, and I'm done. So I called the manager the next day and I said, I'm out. I said, two weeks. I said, figure it out. Damn. That's hard. So you literally just, you were just like, I'm done. Yep. Like, no question. Look at your hat. No plan. He was a girl dad. That was a boy. That's it. He was the man up. Girl dad. Girl dad. My son glad that's it. That ain't gonna be here no time. Yeah, I feel you. I'm creating the future for you. So now, when you make the statement, you now have two weeks. Yep. And what's going through your mind? So we, I mean, we had some money saved up. We had you know the ability to kind of go a couple of months until we figured out what the next step was. So I started looking at some stuff and she had been talking to my mom about, you know, when she, when the baby got to a certain point, you know, about a year old, my mom had been trying to talk Madeline into getting her, her real estate license. She's like, why don't you get your license? You could do a couple of deals, just kind of supplement some income. Um, and then who knows, maybe it turns into something. Yeah. So that was obviously happening prior to us 
not having a main income source. So whenever I ended up quitting, I was like, well, maybe I'll get my real estate license as well. We'll do it at the same time. And then we'll just kind of run with that, see where it goes. Yeah. So that's what we did. So from, I think I quit like the end of September and we got licensed and started first weekend of December. So a couple of months. So, and then that was it. So my first deal, actually, my cousin called me as we were going through the, the licensing process. And he was like, hey, are you licensed yet? Because I have a house I want to buy. And I was like, ah, shit, I'm taking the test next week. And I said, as soon as I get that, let me hang it with a real, like a, a broker and then we'll rock and roll. Huh. So he did. He gave a couple of weeks. Hold on. How many times did it take you to pass the test? Because I've, I've heard it's somewhat difficult. It is difficult. Pass it on the first time. Did you? I did. What a stud. That's the athlete. <laughs> no, that's that's the uh, Batman. Yeah, and athlete. that's the girl dad. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey. shine. Shine. That's it. That's all, that's all it your boy's going to distract you. Though. So we started December and that was that was it. Okay. Or that was the start, I guess. That was the start. So did you guys start off? Obviously, you had, we call it like the first pop. But yep. after that first pop, what was it like going after that? Was it just hitting the ball rolling or you were like learning as you go? What was that? So yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? Because I had I had bits and pieces that I had learned growing up of what real estate was, right? But I did get a lot of what the day to day real estate business was. So it was a, it was an interesting dynamic of taking what I knew, learning the new stuff, and how to actually function in a real estate business um, to kind of create where we were at. So I think we did our first deal as soon as we got signed up. It took us probably three months to get our next deal done, which I think was Jose's deals actually. Yeah. So I think our first year we did like 10 deals. Right. So, but we made what 60 or 70 grand, which was more than we had made. It. Uh, you, you're going to have to bleep that one out. You got to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the drink. It's the drink that makes it that, that comfortable to let it all yeah. out. You so he's on drink seven. Yeah. Uh, that's one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife's watching. So. So yeah, but I mean that was that was more than we had made, and then obviously from that point on, we started learning the business, started learning how to create a business, started taking classes, and and getting into what it meant to be successful at real estate, and we also caught arguably one of the hottest markets in real estate history over the last five or six years. Um, so yeah, I mean that was that was how it started, and it's grown from there. So how do you? Now that you transitioned from 2014, where you were just entering into it, to now seven years, what eight years later, mm -hmm. and out of those eight, ten of them were during throughout your marriage. What was the worst day you can say in real estate for you? Oh, <laughs> we all have our ups and downs. Oh, you hear that? He's that. Oh, what what does it look like to have a bad day as a real estate? Everyone doesn't know what it takes in order to do the job, let alone to persevere through it. So what's the, the also, worst? You're like, you're like a freelancer. It's almost like a 1099. Yeah. Right. So honestly, the worst, the worst day that you can have in real estate most of the time, and we've had a couple of these happen periodically throughout our time is you'll get, you know, let's say you have four or five contracts that are on your board, right? Like you have a whiteboard tracking all your, your stats. <clears throat> and throughout the course of your eight to 12 hour day, three of those deals fall apart for some reason or another, you know, um, that's a pretty shitty day to go from looking at potentially, you know, $50,000 of commissions on a board to 10 in a matter of eight hours. And it took you three months to put that stuff up there. You know what I mean? Like mm. shit like that. It gets worse when like, so let's say you have, let's say you have some listings that are under contract, right? The worst would be, for those listings to come out of contract, meaning the buyers cancel the contracts, and then the sellers decide to take the house off the market. So not only have you lost a contract, now you've lost a listing. So you've lost that potential for that business. So what's it like at home? Like, do you you and your wife ever bring it home? Like, what's that? You, you we we don't have to bring it home. It's it's home. Like oh. it's 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 what we talk about on a daily basis. Ah, so there's no yeah. there's no off switch from work. Uh -uh. Nope. So it, that presents its own challenges too, right? Because it's like, you know, we've gone through periods of time where we'll be vacationing or on date nights or hanging out with the kids. And literally all we're talking about is real estate. 
but she became your best friend along for the sure. Line. Like so, therefore, it's like it's easy to have that conversation. Yeah. It's just hard to turn on the romance while you're doing sure. talking about business all the time. Right. So the balance of life. Right. How do and you? And that's where that com- that's where that communication thing comes in. It's it's a constant figuring of as as things are added into the equation, how do you constantly balance everything that's going on? You know what I mean? Well, I, so, I tell everyone a relationship is work. Mm-hmm. There is no ifs and buts about it. It's, 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 I see one of my best friends go through work each yep. and every day. He clocks out from one, and then he just puts another hat on. Yep. You, you never take that hat off. Yep. So when it's constant work, you understand the assignment. Mm-hmm. But does it get tiring? Like, how do you guys go on vacation as a real estate? It's tough. Like, we were just gone for a week. We went to the Carolinas. My mom was buying a new house up there. Um, honestly, one of the most beautiful places I've seen. Like, she literally bought a house on top of a mountain. So, like, the views of this place are ridiculous. But we were there for a week, eight days. And I've, generally what happens on, on vacation is it takes a couple of days for me to kind of shut my mind off. <clears throat> but then a couple of days leading up to us going home, I kind of start gearing that back up so when i get home i kind of hit the ground running so there's there's usually two or three days in the middle of a vacation where it's actually like relaxing so that's the trickiest part is trying to actually shut it down shut it off to be able to enjoy the break to be able to come back refreshed instead of just carrying all that shit with you through through the vacation okay so you 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 talked about the past you talked about the present the future you see your mom, she's done real estate, mm-hmm. and now she has a house on the mountain. What's the future for Batman? Bro, so my goal is is to have enough passive income to where I can decide if I want to work on a daily basis or not. And I, I say that from a couple of different advantages, from a couple of different viewpoints. Um, one, from a, a generational wealth security um, for my girls' standpoint, right? Um, for the ability for them to see a successful real estate operation is to see a successful rental portfolio to kind of understand what passive income is. It's like, Hey, I put this money into this one time and now on a monthly basis, I'm getting money kicked back to me for really not doing a ton. Um, and then on a second, from a second perspective in that same vein is, I want the freedom to be able to go on those vacations. I want the freedom to be able to go to dance recitals and soccer games and gymnastics events and, and be a present dad. Like I find myself walking this very fine line between reaching for these Uber successes and these, you know, listening to all these Goggins and Andy Frisellas and Ed Milets and all these guys that are super successful in what they do. And, and balancing that with, raising my kids you know what i mean because i don't ever want to be at a point where i'm my kids don't know who i am because of the job that i'm working right right? that oh that's a challenging moment so and it's a challenging lifestyle because i find myself not being non-committal to one or the other but you have to but that's what i'm saying is i don't i'm not willing to sacrifice my girls for the money or for the job or for the passive income and at the same time I don't want to sacrifice the potential of what that could do for them growing up and just completely neglect it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a constant. You don't have the silver spoon, though. Like Tom Brady, I'll give everyone a Sure. Tom is, is focused on playing. He's filling up one cup, the cup of fulfillment of my joy, what I bring to the table, what I do. Yeah. Because the moment I stop, I have to be a present dad. But if you ever hear Tom talk about who his hero is, it's his dad. He will go into tears yeah. about that. And I, I say that to say you can either have one or the other. You can have a present dad that's your hero. Yeah. Or you can be the, the dad that well, is everyone else's hero. Right. But the, the, I don't know, his I, kids. I feel like there's a way to mix it too. I just I don't think that I don't think it's possible to be like um Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Right. Right. I don't think that's possible when, if you decide that you're going to have kids, I I don't know if they have kids, but if you decide that you're going to have kids and then you do have them and then you pursue this type of lifestyle, right. Where you're like, Hey, 
not necessarily, I'm not going to call it money hungry, but you're success hungry. Right. And if, when you're in that, in that perspective, you have to balance it, but it's always, it's always going to limit the success potential and it's going to limit the, the amount of fathering potential that you can have. But a true father sets the example. You, your goals, you set the goals. Yeah. I think, I think the balance is perfect though. Like, I don't need, and let's be real here, and I'm just going to be, and it's going to come ironic because you know me very well. I'm so afraid of being broke. Like, that's that's my biggest fear. And my my other biggest fear is being a horrible parent, right? Being a horrible father. So I always, I find myself in the same predicament constantly is you want to be successful and you want to provide all these things for your kids and you want to do all this stuff. But in the same context, if I'm constantly focused on being successful all the time, I fail as a father because I don't, I don't go out and play basketball with my son, especially after the work hours are done and he'll come hit me up. Dad, let's go play basketball. When I, there are times where I look at him and I'm like, oh, I can't, I got to finish this. And it hurts me. But at the same time, it's like, but I'm, I'm doing this for you. You know what I mean? You're not necessarily, so you're not I, necessarily I doing balance, it. I think the balance is a perfect echelon. You don't need $200 billion. You don't. Because let's be real. What does one person need $200 billion for? You don't. You really don't. It I just, would give away $150 billion for no reason. Because I can, trust me, your boy can live off of way <laughs> less than that. Your boy still eats ramen noodles. <laughs> like, that that doesn't on. even make sense. But nevertheless, it's one of those things where you this is you only got one life. Yeah. And I have to show you that I have goals, not just for you, but for me. I have goals to see exactly how, how I, I how high I can climb. Because if you only see me get to a certain level, that's all you've ever seen. Daddy only focused on me to where he put himself on the back burner. You have to show both. We're in a different generation of kids. These kids are, they don't have to go to work like we do. They don't play outside. They're, they're, listen, they, they, most of them <laughs> want to be just YouTube stars. So when you have that, they don't really value work as work. They don't even want to go to school. And we didn't want to go to school, but we had to. Now it's to a point where they just want everything handed to them. Yeah. So when you have this generation and you are the provider and you're handing everything to them, you're setting them up for failure because the world is gonna is gonna hand them anything. No matter what what job is out there, no one is just gonna give them anything. So you're the only person that's loving with an open hand. But yeah. once you leave, there's no more open hand. What you've shown is all they're gonna go after. Yeah. Like, hey, my dad was the top at this. He may not give me any money, but he showed me what I need to do. He set the foundation. Like you said, you came from a family of it. So did I. My dad had eight houses. Sold them all. He was like, I refuse to give them to you guys because all you're going to do is relax and you're never going to achieve what you were meant to achieve. Yeah. So I can't give them anything. I just have to show them what I value and what you should value. Go and get what you want out of life. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I can't stand in the way of that, if I sit down and be a, I'm a present dad, I'm not letting you figure this out for yourself. Every job he went through and every instance he was at, he had to figure it out from college to the first job, to the second job, to where he's at now, you still have to open the door and figure it out for yourself. I can't show my kids what they're gonna do with their life. They have to figure that out. So as a present dad, I'm still coddling them instead of saying, hey, you're going to have to figure this out as well. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to be 100% behind you. If you want to play a sport, I'm going to fund that sport because I'm going to give you the best shot at being the best person that you can possibly be. Yeah. But I have to achieve my goals as well. You got one life to live. They have one life to live. You can't stop at all because then they'll be like, okay, cool. My dad's giving me attention. That's all I need. They have to go conquer. We're meant to be birds, not trees. You're not meant to stay in one spot. You're meant to go see this world before you can't move at all. Well, so we're talking about generational stuff, right? You talk about creating a launching pad for your kids. Like, is your launching pad going to be here 
or is it going to be here based on what you've done in the examples you set for them? You know what I mean? So it's, it goes back to that same conversation of there's a balance. There's a, there's a fine line between going a hundred percent in one direction. And you said it too. Like, I think walking that line and not committing a hundred percent one way or the other, you're never going to be the elite guy, right? You're never going to be the Elon Musk or the Jeff Bezos or Zuckerberg because they have literally sacrificed everything to get where they're at. Yeah. So, and it's not fair to say like your 80% is going to be able to compete with someone else's hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So I think it's just being recognizing that being okay with that and saying, Hey, like I'm not willing to sacrifice my kids for a hundred percent success. Like I'm cool with maybe 80% and 80% of my kids time to create the best possible future, whatever that looks like. I, I would tell you the difference is it's a hundred. If you did it now, then you'll have more time for them later. Yeah. But tomorrow is a promise. Sure. So all it is is the relationship that you have. Yep. I want to make sure that this kid that I brought into this world that didn't ask to be here has an actual relationship with the person that brought him here. Now, on top of that, I want to make sure I have a relationship with my wife. I want a job is nothing but a relationship. Some days you don't want to deal with that. And some days you you have no other choice but to deal with it. It's a relationship. All of it is centered around relationships. And I can't pour into one glass. It's only one glass at a time. So if I'm a dad, I'm a dad. If I'm working, I'm working. I'm not trying to wear multiple hats. You're going to drive yourself crazy. And when do you pour into your own glass? So I go into that when it comes to you, Batman. When do you pour into your own glass? That's a great question, man. And I find that a lot of the times I'm I'm putting myself, at least in my own mind, is I'm putting myself on the back burner, right? To make those sacrifices for my kids, my wife, my job, whatever it is. Um, but there are periods of time, like I'm I'm leaving next week to go on a hunting trip in Idaho for a week. Okay. You know what I mean? So there's there's you know, I play golf occasionally. Um, you know, the days of of going out and staying at the bar all night you know those are kind of gone they're, they're gone <laughs> and, and honestly i'm glad yeah. because like yeah that doesn't produce anything so no that's fine really just ends up with shit you don't remember and, right and right i'm just gonna go to sleep right. i'm good you just hear stories yeah, yeah. Oh, but oh. i think it's finding ways to to be more intentional about those those moments and building those things in um to to be able to make sure you're pouring into your cup because you can't pour out of an empty cup you know what's right? great though when you go out to the bar and you're with your boy, you know, just, yeah, yeah, I'm about to throw Keon on the bus. When you go out to the bar with your boy and my man takes one drink and he passes out. I so this, my is first actually, this is an awesome story. This is great. So we were in college at the time, right? And we decided, we didn't even go out to a bar. We went to Chili's, bro. Chili's, right? So as we roll up, everyone's like, hey, what are we going to order? So we're going to order them. Island iced teas, they make them good, yep. right? Yep. Remember, they got the blue ones and all uh -huh. that bullshit, right? So, <laughs> so when we go in there, my boy drank half of one, my fellow Don, yes, right, and then fell asleep. Yes, zero tolerance back <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I'm a cheap date. It's all right. It's all no, right. he fell done. asleep at the fucking table. It's okay. It's a perfect. And then sleep. after after he fell asleep, right? It, no, no, excuse me. He fell asleep at the table. We ordered our, our food. Everybody orders dinner. My man orders the uh, fudge Sunday Dessert volcano. first. Dessert chocolate first. Mold. Yeah. The Dessert. chocolate Dessert. 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 Dessert first. Dessert. 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 You guys Dessert. know what it's called. Yeah. That's how you know you've been there too many times. Yeah. Dessert first. So, so he orders the chocolate molten cake, right? And I eat all your food. My man immediately, he said, yeah, man, I'm going to have this chocolate molten cake. <laughs> Passes out at the table. We're all sitting there bullshitting. It was me, Chris won. Was Rico there? I think it was. Rico might have been there. <laughs> DJ might have been there. We did a bunch of dudes there, right? We're all chilling. It takes like 45 minutes for us to get right before the food gets there. I turn around to everybody. I said, hey, you guys realize that Keon's been sleeping for 45 minutes in the booth? Yeah. Yeah, this is what he does. Everybody knows that. Everybody, everybody knows, that. knows that. You're the only one that has a hard time accepting that. I'm going to sleep. Dude, it's Jesus right. Christ. I mean, at least like balls drop 
So, all right, that was disrespectful. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna retract that. It's okay. I'm okay. But anyway, I'm secure on my match. Here's the best part of the story, right? We get there and the what is it called? The chocolate molten lava. The chocolate molten lava. I'm sad. I know that exactly. So it shows up. My man spries up, and I'm talking like whips up like a fucking kid when it's six a.m. Yes. I'm ready to play, right? Swarfs down this whole fucking thing. It was this amazing. entire dessert. The rest of us are eating actual food while it's fast food. You know, uh, uh, it's still garbage. Yeah, quesadillas, <laughs> all this bullshit. Next thing you know, this dude's like, "Oh man, that was delicious." Right back to sleep. Right, right. right back to sleep. You, you gonna you gonna you, you gonna let them know that I took another sip of that drink and then I went back to sleep. I didn't just go to sleep off Two the first sip. By the end of the night, when we were actually leaving, we had to pull him out of the booth. It was two for one. Just remember that it's always two for one. Yeah, I drank the second. Sure. I drank the second half of your first one. You did. Your second. I, there's not a thought about that. You really did. You really did. I wasn't gonna finish that. I wasn't gonna finish that. Just, that hey. It wasn't my my worst moment. I can tell you that. Uh, it wasn't had, the worst moment, but I'll be honest. I I had respect for it. Yeah. I said, you know what? The best part about this is, I used to go out. Remember, buy an 18 pack. Okay, gotta do this. We'll pregame. Blah blah blah. My man could go out and buy the single 36. Yes. And it was a 32. 32, because they don't sell it in Florida. 32 ounce. He takes four sips. I'm there. I'm there. Passed out. And then we get to where we're going. Man, I'm having a great time. You got to look at it like back in the day, they had these things called four locos. I know they're still out here. Those were, you know, death oh, in the can. No, there's no ifs and buts about it. So you think like, oh, okay. Keon, you can't drink. No, no, it's not. It has nothing to do with alcohol. I mean, right. me not being able, being able to drink. Right. These aren't meant for me. That's 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 all it is. And you have these things called four locos. So the reason why me and Brooke became close, okay, because I never could finish. Besides my the fact that he saved my ass from getting arrested the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, whenever we went out drinking, he was the only one drinking. I had one drink. He had the rest. There was no need for us to keep going right. on those. He never got drunk, and he was the perfect drunk driver. Hey, hey, any cops, anything like? Don't listen. To that. Whoa, 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 hold up! We need to back that up. The, what? the, the what? perfect, perfect drunk driver. I don't like, want anybody to know that I can chug. Let's see. Every every car, <laughs> listen, every car that goes by is a cop car. So he's ten and two the whole time. Like, yeah, it's a cop. It'd be a semi. It's a cop car, Keon. <laughs> you got to be locked in. Ten and two. That's how he gets when he's drunk. Pep talk the whole way. Meanwhile, I'm knocked out asleep. <laughs> So it's always the best time. All I, re- I know is we got home. The worst part is I recited Goggins all the way home. Like, hey, don't be a bitch don't to yourself. Bitch. All right. You can do this. All right. Run through lava. Period. End of story. But the, the difference is whenever he's not with me, he's stuck in a ditch. Or he's yeah. doing something that, you know, it's just, how did you get there? Right. Now, if I'm in the car, he's like, you know, I got to make Hold it. on. We need to put a disclaimer on this because this was years ago. Yeah. Right? I am older. I don't do that shit. No that more. was college. That was college. It was college. We'll have a pot about that one day, but not not now. I'm just letting you know, it's, it's, it's that point. So yeah. if I'm, I know my tolerance. Right. I'm not driving into a ditch. Right. He, him, on the other hand, I got to push the limit. <laughs> Let me get four of those four locos. See how far it's, I can go. It's just a small ditch. It's just a small fact, ditch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell hey. you. Listen, I just fucked the car up a little bit. Yeah, just a little it wasn't bit. Wasn't that bad? Just a little bit. Not, not. You know, on practice. another perspective, though, I would like to point this out. There's only been my cars have been crashed. Which, by the way, if you watched episode one, please watch episode one, just for the fact that my brother destroyed my first car. Yeah, I destroyed the second one. Was it? And and Keon crashed the second car that I drove, which was bullshit. Batman. He called me up. All right, so I used to I used to like Keon borrow my, borrow my car all the time. Right when we were in college, and he would call me up every fucking time and he would be like hey man hey man i car I, I hit this and i'd be like bro are you fucking serious he'd be like no bro i'm, I'm on the way back right? i'd be like bro why are you doing this to me this is disrespectful as shit and then and then one day he hits me up right and he goes hey man i crashed the car and i said bro all right i'm not playing this game no more like right. fuck you quit fucking around he's like bro i'm serious as shit like what are you talking about and i'm like dude why are, and i said bro you, what are you talking about? And he goes, bro, I crashed the car. Why else would I call you and tell you this? I said, you do this shit all the time. <laughs> Straight up. He goes, I, I know that, but this time it's real, bro. <laughs> this is a serious encounter. Now, I'm going to tell you his car, his car stalled. 
I had a 96 Taurus when this I was in the college. the worst car I, I would never get. Fuck you, bro. That car was <laughs> badass, dude. That car was fucking sweet. Not only did my brother ruin the magnificent. Um, I'm going back to the other ones. My brother ruined the magnificent pimp mobile that I had. Once again, I'm going to look at the camera right now and say, never go to honey, listen, yeah, never, never made no the next car that I got with my money. Yes. Right. Bought it and everything. Keon rear-ended somebody. It wasn't, but uh, all right. So it had a little thing with it. Yeah. Tell, tell him what's wrong with the car. If I tell him, it's going to sound. Sometimes like when you were driving straight, the shit would just shut off. Yeah. Shut off completely. I'm going down the hill. Yeah, he's going down the hill. You press and sometimes the gas. It was just, it would just shut off for no reason. You press the brakes. It's not stopping. <laughs> Nothing can stop this. And then eventually it'll catch. Right. Yeah. And you're good. I'm going down the hill. And it's this old lady. She's going so slow. Bruh. And she's on the turn like, all right, you know, you know the worst part of this story though. Yes, he did crash the car, and it wasn't that bad though. I'm not, I'm not getting a bunch of bullshit. I drove it for another two years. Yeah, so, I mean, it I wasn't be- like Chris, which I love our token, but that shit really pissed me off, and I'm still salty to this day. I don't know why. But, it was a piece of shit car, dude. All right, we're not gonna get into that. It all was right, an '87, bro, in 2005. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. First of all, your, dis- your disrespect car. is not it's not warranted right now. 18 secondly, 18. secondly, here's the worst part of the story, right? So, yes, it was an elderly lady. No disrespect, right? None whatsoever. I think old people are fantastic to drink with, and I think old people are phenomenal to sit and talk to. Yes. They got amazing stories, and they have amazing things to teach you. Yes. Right? But I will say this. We, it was on a road that was a five-lane road. The middle lane was a turning lane for both lanes. Mm-hmm. So there was two on each side. Mm-hmm. Directly across the street from where you where you guys bumped into each other. It wasn't even that bad, mm-hmm. right? I, speak for yourself. I bit the steering wheel. That hurt. Yeah. Okay. You see my teeth in the steering wheel. The only thing that was broken on my car was the headlight. And it, it was just a crack. It wasn't like it still worked. Like right. it was, That's how soft it hit. So what's the fucking problem? The problem was she called an ambulance. The hospital was across the street. The hospital pulled out of the driveway into the <laughs> middle of the road, directly across the street, drove out of out of the driveway, reversed out of the driveway. That's how close they were. Reversed out of the driveway, put her on the on on a little, you know, the bed thing, right. put her in the back, and then drove her back into the fucking driveway. Oh, it was trash. What? I could have walked you there. Yeah. What are we talking about? I'd have held your hand. I'd have carried your ass there. What the fuck are we talking about? That shit pissed me off. I was excited about it. She, look, look, that's that's the cheat code to life. Just pretend like you're hurt, no matter what the the, the cause. I mean, across this the street. Pretend like you're hurt. That's terrible. Yes, so, I mean, I mean that's that's what she did. I'm all right, sure. all right. So now, as he poured, as I poured this amazing uh, Terramana tequila, that's at least the second pour, third drink. Hundred percent. I'm still in the. We interrupt this episode to bring you Joe's Backyard Barbecue, a delicious, amazing, gourmet-type backyard barbecue meal with the most amazing service and the most amazing person that you can have at the helm, cooking those amazing ribs, the amazing brisket, and all the wonderful spices and barbecue sauce that you can imagine. So if you're in the Lake Worth, Florida area, make sure you go and see your boy Joe at Joe's Backyard Barbecue. And now back to the episode. Just, just throwing it out there. As we all have talked about, we understand why Keon's on his first one. Yeah, I know. I know. Right I'm after the spot, we all know he's going to go to sleep right here in the yeah, room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you are where you are. So, where, what businesses? Obviously, you're still a realtor, right? Yep. And you run very successful business. Yep. Right. Doing very well for yourself. Congratulations. There's always room for improvement. There's always room for improvement, right? But what would you say is is the number one thing you would try to tell someone? If someone came to you and said, hey, man, how can we be successful? What's that? What, what are you going to tell them? Um, biggest things I would tell them is mastering discipline and consistency. Because motivation is fleeting, right? Motivation yeah. comes and goes. And it's not always there, but mastering the daily bullshit that you don't want to do until you do. And what I mean by that is getting up early, eating right, going to the gym, 
doing your work, making your phone calls, doing all the shit that is monotonous, right? From what I've seen and what I've learned and, and experiences that I've had, the guys that are the most successful are the guys that are able to master all of that monotonous shit. So that would be my number one. Um, and number two would just be find something you fucking enjoy doing. Really? And just do that. Like, so find. I mean, that's why it's called a job, though. You, you're not supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to nah, be work. No, nah, that's right? a job. Are you looking for a job or a career? Gotcha. Okay. Or a lifestyle or, or you know, what's the long-term goal? I mean, anybody can go to, you know, fast food joint or go work at a department store or something like that. I mean, that's a job. That's paying bills. Well, let's be but, real, though. If, if But if that's something they enjoy. Sure. And maybe that's that. Maybe that's that person that starts as a cashier and works their way up to being a general manager or something. Yeah. I mean, whatever that is. But the same principles apply for each job is consistency and discipline across whatever whatever enterprise that is. Okay, I got you. So where where do you hope that you can take this twenty years from now? Because obviously, how old are you, girls? If you don't mind me asking. Eight and six. Eight and six. Dude, I got an eight and a nine year old. Jesus Christ, we're getting old. So, hey, you remember, I actually, ironically, you were, oh, man, you remember when Avery was born? Vaguely. Uh, certain someone, our supervisor at the time, I couldn't leave. Oh, Still, yeah. You remember oh. that? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I I missed my daughter being born. Oh, I'm saying this on the podcast. This is uh, fucking terrible. Okay. Oh, I sound like a horrible father. Is, is that right? This is, is right? part of the work-life balance thing that we're talking about yep. i missed my daughter being born by 10 minutes i remember i kept telling him i gotta go i gotta go it's gonna happen and he's like no you can't man you, gotta, you can't finally he said all right gotta go so i left and it was an hour because I, I was working in lakeland at the time and uh my daughter was born in sebring don't, don't say that out loud no, no, no. nothing what do you say that nothing <laughs> nothing lives in Se- sebring everything goes to Listen, Going we're still direction. trying to captivate audiences. They retired. So, That's uh, it's a they retired. retired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's hopefully, what I'm saying. hopefully, we get some ninety-year-old dudes who really like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, I remember I walked in and I was hitting the button, and they were like, "Who are you?" And then um, her grandmother, uh, Tina, who I love to death, Tina and Peter, you guys are fantastic, amazing. I love you guys. Um, came running out to the door and was like, "He's the father. Let him in." Right. And so basically kicked open the damn door for me. And I walked in and Avery was sitting there and it was wild, dude. That was a wild experience. I I remember sitting there and looking at her and I was like, bruh, <laughs> what, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Right. And they were like, hey, you should hold her. And I was like, nope. <laughs> right. And they were like, hey, you should just put your hand in there. I was like, nope. Right. I was like, I'm not doing this. This is not part of my plan. I was I was I had a job lined up where I wasn't I wasn't going to be working with you at any point in time. I was going to be working in football. I was going to be doing my passion, my love, all that stuff. And it took me, I think it was three days, three days. And I finally held her. And I was just like, I immediately hit Barney Stinson. You are everything in my life. Right. <laughs> everything I had. That's how Batman feels. And everything I do yep. is yours. <laughs> like, that was it, bro. It was wild. It was a wild experience, bro. It was it was the scariest and, like, most challenging thing. And and I'll even tell this story. I really I, – I, I probably shouldn't get so detailed, but I'll be honest. Uh, Peter, who I love to death, he's literally my second dad, right? Probably I your first. Fucking love this dude. <laughs> I'm not going to shit on him that much, but he's my second dad. I love this dude. He had, he had, it was a second day and he, he kind of pulled me aside and he was like, Hey man, you're going to have to sack up at some point. And I was like, Hey man, he's like, listen, I don't want to hear your words right now because you have an obligation. You have a responsibility. This little girl is depending on you. Like you have, it's everybody says 18 years. No, you have a lifetime now. You made this decision. You did this. You need to figure your shit out. You need to take 20, 30 minutes, whatever the fuck it is you got to do. And you need to come back in here and be prepared to do this job. And I was like, you're right. So fuck. 
Oh damn! All right, way to punch me in the face. Good punch Peter. me in the face, yeah, dude. Like, and and I, I love the guy. I love the guy because that is how Peter is. Peter is the type of dude where, hey, it's a job that's got to be done. Doesn't matter. Whatever you do, just do it. It is what it is. So on the third day, do it right, do it light, right? Yes, <laughs> do it right, do it light, do it wrong, do it long. And you're, you're doing I, the wrong. I came day. back in. <laughs> what? You're doing the wrong thing. This is a long. All right, listen to me. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I swear to God, all he does is talk shit to me, but. I came back in the third day and I picked her up and I held her and it, it changed everything about my perspective. It changed my personality. It changed everything. So it was, it was a wild experience that day. That was, whew, damn, girl death. I mean, that, that, that says a lot. Now we, we, we came here to talk about uh, Batman and I wanted to, to go right back to him in this yeah. regard. Like what can the, what would the older you say to the younger you now? Oh shit! In 2011, when you already proposed to your wife in the first three hours of the date, what would you say to him? My man said the first three hours of the date. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that really was. That really was. It wasn't. I watched shows longer than you. Listen, he met her and he knew she's the one. She's the one. <laughs> man, honestly, it would be a lot of what we've already echoed today was really engaging and falling in love with the process, right? Falling in love with the journey and not being so focused on the the outcome or the goal. You know, I think as, as athletes, especially, we always have kind of that long-term pro sports goal, right? Like everybody that plays at a college level or beyond, like pro sports is kind of a thing. But I think the reason that so many people miss that is because that's the goal. Like it's not the 5 a.m. workout and then going to class and succeeding and then going to practice and succeeding and then succeeding in the games and, and having a step-by-step process that builds the foundation to that. So I think if I, if I could go back and, and say something to a younger me at some point playing sports or starting off in a career, it would be really embracing that journey and embracing those monotonous moments, those moments that, you know, of suck or of hard work or of, of discipline and saying, you know, Hey, those are going to be the foundations and the building blocks to the success that you're actually looking for and actually working towards. Okay, I mean that, that's a little light on it. Now, now tell me, what would you have done different? All of those things. He <laughs> <laughs> said, pretty much when I started, I, I, was, I, I was a I lazy told my piece wife, of shit. <laughs> I told my wife this the other day. Like, I was a, I was a, a guy that was six four. I would topped out at like eighty eight to eighty nine miles an hour, which is not. It's good college, but it's not great pro. Like most oh, we're pro not, guys, we're are, not gonna have ball. You know what I mean? Most, most pro guys now are 90, 93 to ninety six as a starting pitcher. Um, but in that same breath, like I didn't do the work in the weight room or the work on my mechanics or the work on tweaking techniques and stuff to be able to gain those miles an hour or to be able to to better my craft. You know, I tell my wife all the time, I was, I tell my wife and I say that I tell my wife all these things because we spend 24 hours a day together. So that's who I talk to on a normal basis. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, I give you that. I talk, uh, I talk to me. Go ahead. But so I, <laughs> I was telling I talk her to me. honestly, I think what, what happened to me or what I was guilty of is that my 80% was always a lot better than most people's hundred percent or most people, most other people's 80%. Right. So that got me to a certain point, but that was as far as it got me. It's the that other 20% was the difference of the additional workouts, the additional tweaking of the techniques and the mechanics and that extra work and that extra discipline that wasn't frankly put in. I mean, I worked hard. I, I spent some extra time, but if I'm honest and I'm looking back, there was a lot of gaps in what I could have done to be better than I was. So, you know, I don't have any regrets, obviously, because I'm where I'm at. But if if there was something I could say, it would be that basically fill in the gaps. Would you instill that, you know, as us three dads, we all have passion for our kids. Would you instill that in your kids? Would you see your daughter, you know, playing soccer and you say, if you give it a little bit more effort? Mm-hmm. No, that's a that's a, honestly a great question. I and the reason I'm even interrupting because I would love for you to run with that question. But at the same time, it's it's so difficult when you're trying to drive that. But at the same time, when you drive that into a small child, they just, they get very, oh, I'm not going to do that. Or you take they, away the joy. You take away the joy, right? So do you have an opinion as far as like time frame of when you apply to it? Or do you apply it to them now? Or like, 
I think it depends, man. I think it, it, it also depends on where some some serious parenting no, questions right now. <laughs> I think it also depends on the the level of interest, the level of joy that 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 kid has in whatever they're doing. Yeah. Right. Like I, if again, if I'm being honest, when I got to college and played ball, and you guys may be able to test to this, like it became a business. Like it was, oh, it yeah. wasn't fun anymore. Like it was the occasional games were fun and the the excitement and that exhilaration was cool. Yeah. But like the day to day shit was, it was a business. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking morning workouts, class, afternoon workouts, and then potentially games. Like, it's a long ass day. Yeah. So that 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 wore on me, and that's that's where I go back to is like, was maybe was football the option? Maybe was that a better option, or maybe was it something different entirely? I don't know. But I think to answer the question is it kind of depends. I yeah. think you give them nuggets, you give them tidbits, um, you pour out of your glass, and as you know, as we grow and mature and, and figure these things out pouring those things into our kids at an earlier age so yeah. that they maybe it sits in their subconscious maybe it sits in the back of their mind so that when they need to pull from it they they have the ability to you know what okay. i mean so i feel you i feel you i i, I don't uh, and this is the only reason why i say because their success meter is up to your expectation so if i didn't make daddy happy with what i was doing sure. all kids want to do is make you happy, sure impress you get that attention from you sure so if you're never satisfied with what they're putting out they're going to continue to push the envelope so that being said how do you stop how do you make sure they have they enjoy life but at the same time exceed so you can only have that, one or the other it's that focus on the process right it's not the focus on the result because like my so paisley my oldest one played soccer for the first time this year and from when she started to when she finished massively different in her how comfortable she was playing and her skill level throughout the course of the season it was still very rough right eight-year-olds playing soccer is very very elementary um so and i caught myself sometimes feeling a, a sense of disappointment if they would lose but i was i was happy in the fact that i would quickly snap out of that and be like well how did she play how did she feel and i would ask her about it after the game he's like how did you feel you did and she would play defense or she would play goalie or play striker. And she honestly excelled at defender more than any of the other positions. So I got kind of a, a, a consistency from her of when she was playing defense, she was excited. She was like, oh, I blasted that ball out of here. I knocked this kid over, like whatever it was. And she was like, ah, oh, but I let this goal go by and I didn't stop this one. And I was like, no, that's all right. Like you, you haven't practiced, you haven't practiced that. You haven't been there. So from a parent's perspective, I think it's, focusing on you know what did they do well how do we put them in a position to do that moving forward more times and then the times that they they didn't succeed or they failed not beating them over the head about it but just saying hey here's an opportunity that we can improve on and is that going to be applicable to the position you're going to be playing and again that that goes back to the process thing and not like hey you guys lost you suck like we're never playing soccer again Damn. and i think that will teach her as she grows up the result is not necessarily the focus. And as she grows and matures, I think what I'm hopeful she will learn is that doing the little things right and focusing on the process to get a little bit better at hand positioning or where she's kicking a ball will translate into further successes. You know what You know what I think really is a lesson? I, and some people may disagree with me, but I'm going to be honest, I don't give a fuck. If, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really press into my kids failure is something that you need to have you have to fail right and again if you don't agree with me i don't care but at the same time like my daughter is a perfectionist she's like me if you fail at something you are a failure you suck and she embodies it in her mind in her body and it's just she's so disappointed in herself and it's just terrible right so I have to pull her aside and I have to be like, and literally whenever we do, cause she's in softball and she's in uh, flag football right now. And mind you, she trucked a little kid in flag football last year. It was dope. Hey, it was the, dope as the, shit. The hit of the year. Hey, yeah, it was a hit of the year. And the, the <laughs> referees had to come pull her aside and be like, Hey, no, you can't do that. I did like, sweetheart. It's not like what we do at our house. You can't do that here. <laughs> right? But every time something goes wrong, she drops a pass. The whole day's run. Right. So I had to pull her aside and I had to be like, hey, you got to you got to pull it out. And I, the example that I give her all the time 
is trying to be a police officer, right? This is because kids recognize being a police officer or a veterinarian or whatever, right? I say, you want to be a police officer. That's what you want to be. And she said, yeah, I want to be a police officer one day. It's like, all right, cool. So there's 10 steps to being a police officer. Every single step, you're going to fail 10 times. So how many times are you going to fail on the first step? She goes, 10. Okay. How many times are you going to fail on the second step? She said, 10. So I go all the way through, right? So add them all up. How many times are you going to fail? She said, well, I'm going to fail 100 times. You're going to fail 100 times to finally be what you want to be. Why are you mad about failing? That is the next step. All right. I know how to fix this. I know not to do this next time. Failure is invited because now you know what not to do. Now you can progress. You can move forward. You can do the things that you need to do in order to be successful. Failure is a requirement. It doesn't matter. And I've told, I've told this story so many times. I have failed a million times. I have been broke a million times. I have failed in football a million times, right? But now push forward and I've only succeeded 15, 20 times, but I've failed a thousand. So I think failure may be a misconception, right? Because it's a learning process. Failure is when you stop. Yeah. Well, right? it, I think it depends on the person and, and, and the oh. evaluation, but yes, I get oh. where you're going. Oh, if I have a, if I have a test, I got an F. I failed. There, there is no. I mean, the test is over. Yeah. So you failed that test, right? But you're gonna have to take that test again, mm-hmm. right? You're gonna have to redo that test or redo that class or or whatever it is. So you take it from a, yes, you are going to maybe not succeed at tasks or certain things, right? But from an overall macro perspective, I think failure is the idea of quitting or stopping or not pursuing something, right? So it's not like you're gonna stop that class, right? You're gonna take the next test. Hopefully, you do better. You're gonna pass that, and then you've passed the class. You succeeded. So that one called a failure, called a, a lesson or whatever, the test that you didn't pass, right? That, that I would say that's I would say that's not a failure. I would so say that's a lesson along the way to succeeding. That's the poster though I have in writer's room. Remember? Have you've seen it. I showed it to you I think once or twice. I gotta show it to you before you leave today. But um it says you've never failed in your life. You've just learned. Yeah. That's the idea, right? So it's a similar concept. I just use a different verbiage. I know the verbiage sounds a little bit more direct when I say it because it's like, hey, you failed. But, <laughs> but hey, you're a piece of shit. But at the same time, like it's the same concept. You are not going to succeed. You are not going to win 100% of the time. You are only going to win 20 to 30% of the time. Once you overcome those adversities, all those many adversities that you're going to go through as a kid in sports, or as a kid in school, or when you when you start out to be a successful business owner, or whatever it is that you're going to do, you are going to fail. Excuse me. You're going to learn right. 60 to 80% <laughs> of the time. And then once you've mastered those things, then you start to win majority of the time. And even then, even when you get to that point, it may not even be majority. It may be half. You know what I mean? So I, I think that... That's the ultimate lesson that I try to teach them. Because once you hit that success level, you do get to move forward, right? And you may not succeed 20 or 30 times. But once you hit it, now you know how to get there. And then you can move on to the next. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, be, I believe I'm going to go back to a, a step in the rewind category. Batman succeeded. At, at yeah. The first thing that he did was to lock down the person that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 Let's be I, real. No, said, my, my man failed the first time. No, 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 he was the third call. <laughs> listen, listen to me. What I'm I mean, sorry, like, Batman. I love you, bro. <laughs> he was. He, he, he succeeded. Yeah. And succeeded. I, t- I tell everyone, success is a third call. Is is not sustainable. Eventually, you're going to fail at this. There's yeah. only certain things that you can continue to hold yeah. the mantle. That's the reason why people wear red wings. Is because I'm still succeeding at this. Uh, it's just a, a life marathon. Yeah, you can lose that person at any time, and now you're no longer successful in the relationship. Yeah. So as he succeeded at that one aspect of of picking somebody out of a billion people in the world, he yeah. knew in the first three hours he wanted to be with that person. I need to have his eyesight. 
That's something. I don't, I don't know. I don't no, know. Keon. You just need to meet that person. The devil is lying. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yo, so on a real talk, though. On a real talk, though. So um, we have to start wrapping it up. But legit, honestly, I think amazing points. Amazing, dude. Thanks for having me, bro. Dude, no. You, you are the man. You are the man. By the way, every time, like I think I said earlier in the pod, but I'm going to say it right now. Like every time I walk into a room, like I know I'm an alpha. And then if I see him across the room, I'm like, oh, damn, I'm not shit. He's six. So this is this is the type of guy we're sitting with today. He is um, an amazing character. He's also an amazing uh, business person. And when I, when I say amazing, I'm not talking about just skilled in his craft. I'm talking about an amazing moral human being. And I'm going to I'm going to leave you guys with an amazing story about this guy one time. So I was um, he might know where I'm going with this. I was uh, I was working at our job that we bleeped out earlier (laughs) because my voice said it. Um, And I was broke as a joke and I was just trying to figure things out. And I had uh, I had Ryder was two months old. I think Avery was a year and two months because they're literally a year and six days apart, something like that. A year and 10 days apart, excuse me. Damn, I look like a bad dad now. No, it's but, all right. Um, Iris I'm, 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 in, I'm in the back of our office and I'm searching through something that I can't say what it is, otherwise everyone knows where we work. And um, like he has no he, My man rolls up. My man rolls up, no lie. And he hands me an envelope and he's like, hey man, uh, we just me and Madeline wanted to bless this to you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, just open it after you leave work. And I said, okay. So um, we get to the end of the day, I'm driving home and I pull it open and I pull it open when I'm driving and no shit while I'm driving, I had to pull off the road. No lie. This dude, um, because of the situation I was in, it was a very dire situation. And this dude, gave me a check for money. I'm not going to say how much, but he did that out of the goodness. And mind you, I want to emphasize this. We had a great relationship, but at the same time, like Batman and I don't get to speak every day. He's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing. And he speaks to his wife every day. Huh? He speaks to his wife every day. Yeah. He He speaks to his wife every day. (laughs) But, um, at the same time, though, we forged a relationship where we both knew he knew where I stand morally. We've talked about the loyalty thing, and, and he gave that to me as a gift to try and help me get back on my feet. And that single gift put me in a very, very a much better leveraged position for me to be able to take care of my family and to help. And it was it was an amazing gift. He did that out of nowhere. And I honestly, I probably hadn't talked to him in like 45, 60 days at that time. So once again, I love you, dude. I love you. Love you too, bro. That was an amazing Do you remember what I told you when I gave that to you? And I passed it forward. My man. I passed it forward twice fold because that was that was the rule he gave to me. He gave to me. He said, hey, if I'm going to give this to you, but you have to pass it forward one day when you got it. And I said, okay. And it was actually three different times, same ideal, same amount, everything. I passed it forward three different times now. And every single time I found that I actually, I, I was blessed with a gift of happiness and joy, like what Chris talked about in our first pod, right? The addiction for what, 15 plus years, he felt joy in everything that he did and giving that away nothing beats that nothing at all because you were able to help somebody and you were able to be a support and not even as a show-off thing that's why i don't want to say the amount but it was a point of hey i'm here for you and i'm your friend and i want to help you and that was badass that was cool shit so as i'm getting ready to cry right here in my seat (laughs) but um we're gonna sign off we're going to sign off today. Once again, I love you, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I appreciate really you. appreciate you. Um, Keon, hit me with the sign off. Man, I'm just telling you from my couch, from this couch to yours, or the palm of your hand, whatever you're looking at us on, I appreciate the time. And thank you for tuning in with Big Batman here. I'm not robbing, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm happy to be next to him. I mean, you're black, though. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I, I, I've never seen a Black Robin. I've never seen a Black Robin. Batman, you got to sign off for today. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, you don't know who you're going to touch through that screen or through that, this podcast, so keep doing what you're doing. Keep talking the good word, and uh, you'll reach the right person. Fantastic. And, guys, again, thank you so much. Uh, I want to encourage you, number one, comment. Please leave comments. We want to hear some of the things that you guys want to talk about, and we want to hear some subjects because um, we have a huge network of people that we can bring on to try and lead into those questions that you guys have or just anything. Even if you guys want to talk shit, that's cool too. Um, we can always learn, baby. You know what I'm saying? But above all else, as we sign off to the last one, whatever you do, be riding, stay vibing, and keep shining. My dogs. Two dimes and a token. You may well see. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Two Dimes and a Token. Uh, we truly appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Whenever you get a chance, please check us out on YouTube. Hit that subscribe and like button. Um, and then secondly, go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we'll always have some short videos to show you. and We're always excited to bring you guys some new content. So check us out, hit that subscribe and hit that follow button. And once again, thank you so much for checking us out.